Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 52 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am your host, Steve, coming at you live from remote from California, not usually in my own recording station, so all my stuff is messed up, so if this episode sounds a little strange, um, it's my fault. But I am here with my fantastic co-hosts, Devin, Mike, and JD. Guys, how are you doing on this fantastic Sunday post the PAX West um, panel of Our Story, Your World? Or your world, our story, or his our story. world, your story. Yeah, something. My story. story, our world, my story. Come on, guys, get it right. How's everybody doing out there? Everybody doing okay? I'm tired. Oh man, I think we're all kind of feeling it. I think oh. Steve is is kind of feeling it. He got pretty salty in our pre-show, and he was not liking uh, us very much. So, so we will try to be happy for him because when the boss is happy. Everybody is happy. That so. is correct. When usually, who, says, who said that? Usually, when the three kids are happy that you've been traveling thirteen hours with in a van are happy, then you're happy. Usually, if they're not happy, <laughs> then it makes it a really long trip. But then nobody's happy, guys. Then we, this happy. is the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest running anthem podcast on the internet. I think we might have to change our name from the Freelancer Codex to the Freelancer Cortex. But I don't <laughs> no, know. No, I think we're good. I don't know if we're going to have to do that. Maybe They call the loot things, uh, the lore things codexes still. Yeah, I think they might have got that mixed up. I, it's probably going through a lot of names at the studio, but Mike Gamble did do call th- it a cortex. But Do you think that maybe there's a lot of people calling things by the wrong name? Did that happen at all this weekend? I don't think that ever happens. It certainly doesn't happen on this podcast. We You don't, you don't have a really cool um, soundbite where somebody called something by the wrong name after it was called... <laughs> By the right name? <laughs> What's your name, Donnie? Savannah. Samantha, go for it. Um. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part of the whole Samantha, panel. Samantha, go for it. When he was just like so confident, oh, like, man. I'm changing your name now. I'm not going to yeah. call you Savannah. This is your name. I'm gonna... And this is oh, the name man, for I... which you shall be known by for the rest of your life. Accept it, Samantha. He was, yes. He was so confident that I actually, like, after hearing it again, like, I, I now realize that he made a mistake. I thought her name was Samantha. Yeah, it's like your name is Samantha now. It could have been. It could have been worse. She could have been Adele Dizim. Adele Dizim or something. Adele Dimzy. Like yeah. Adele Dimzy. Adele Oh. But guys, so. Oh, good. Pax Pax West happened. We got a new story trailer with a lot of um, new things that we haven't seen before. We got to see the storm in action a bunch. That cape physics seemed to be uh, going well for them because the cape was present <laughs> in the video, and it looked uh, mm-hmm. fantastic. We saw a lot of the interceptor. We saw how the interceptor moves. It's a uh, flight animation, which is um, really different from the Ranger. So it seems like all the animations are going to be different. They're not going to be just stock. This is what it looks like when you fly. This is what it looks like when you run. All those things are going to be a lot different. Is there anything that you guys saw from the story trailer that really stood out to you? I don't think we want to do a, a deep dive into the trailer, but just kind of high-level stuff. What are some things that stood out to you that that really caught your attention, caught your eye? JD, what did, what was that one thing you're like, oh, man, I can't believe they're doing this now? I mean, for me, it was probably our first, well, the, the shot where it was probably our first glimpse at what could be the anthem of creation because there's that shot where they're like, you know, they're trying to do whatever to the anthem. And when they say the anthem, they cut to the shot of this, like, glowing, like, pillar thing in the middle of the room. Like, this, like, fluctuating light. And I was like, is that the anthem? Is it, like, an actual thing? Like, just in a room somewhere? Yeah, that would be kind of weird. It's like, did you just walk into that room to get access to the anthem? What's going on here? Is that is a piece a of, of the anthem? <laughs> I have so many questions. I, I was assuming it, it's probably just a relic, but I mean, who knows? It could be the Anthem, and the Anthem could be portable. You could pick it up and stick it in your pocket and, you know, go to Fort Tarsus. I don't know. But I thought it was just a relic. But, Devin, what Devin, what did you see in the video? That um, really one of the cool things I saw was they had, uh, I mean, obviously the video editors used old and new stuff, so there was old UI and also new UI. One of the big things they changed instead of doing 
left and right bumper to do your ultimate. It's just up on the D-pad. That's what it currently is, uh, according to uh, Mike Gamble on Twitter. So um, I thought that was cool just to see the new the update, you know, as they're still trying to get what they want it to look like. Um, so there's there's a couple different examples of that in the trailer. So it's not really a set UI yet, which is which is good. It's nice that we know that they're probably trying things and they're going to stick with the thing that makes the most sense. They're going to stick with the thing that is the most fun. And sometimes yep. you have to iterate a lot in order to do that. Mike, what was the uh, the favorite thing that that you saw during that new story trailer? Um, so I, I kind of got hung up on all the art and just the the uh, I guess it wouldn't be art in the trailer, but just the the visuals and the way the world is put together and the uh, the landscapes and the vistas and the way everything moves together. I got really sucked into the to the um, I don't know what I would call it the uh, the visuals of the game if that's if that's the proper term. Just kind of getting sucked yeah. in and being pulled into that world. Um, you know, colors were just vibrant and nice and neat and and it was cool and i really liked hearing we got we got more information on how things are going to progress in anthem with um people giving us quests and characters that we're going to meet and i think we're going to talk about that here in a little bit so i won't spoil too much but but just the the direction that it's going it seems that again um we haven't heard a whole lot and there's a lot of stuff that they're keeping pretty close to the chest and i think it's because they're working on it so hard and so I think the only thing that that does is that makes it nice for us because we know that they're getting that we are getting the best possible product that they can put out, even though we might be a little bit antsy and and still I think we're we're even now more antsy after this after this uh, after Pax West because we can see what's coming and and we kind of want it now. So um, just just overall excitement, nothing nothing really too specific, but those are the things that that while I was watching Pax West, I kind of yeah that's cool. I'm gonna really uh, enjoy doing that. So, very cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in the video that I really liked. I mean, this was like what was it? Two minutes and like 13 second long video. Not a not a very long video, but I think it was pretty jam packed. Um, one thing that we did see um, in the last in the last demo that we saw for EA Play, we did see an Ash Titan. In this video, we saw a legendary Ash Titan, and it looked like there might have been extra bits on that Ash on that Ash Titan. Maybe uh, some spikes or something coming out of the shoulders. So maybe it's going to be that as these um, giant creatures do go up in what I don't know if you would call it rarity or in ranking, that they might look visually different, which is kind of cool. We did see the wyverns up close, and they breathe fire. Apparently, the space mm -hmm. bear caught a, got a name. It's the Ursix. So we've got names for that stuff. There's the giant statue face that we saw that was overgrown. Kind of just speaks to, you know, hey, this right here is, it's an old world. There's someone built this statue. I don't know if it was the humans on the planet. I don't know if that was left over from the shapers. The shapers were building statues to themselves and they got left by. So that just invokes a lot of different possibilities in my mind. Um, we saw like, ant like, um, I don't know why I just called you Anthony, JD. That's very, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm really tired. It's been a really long day. So we saw the Anthem creation or whatever that is and the relic. And then we saw the uh, Interceptor ground pounding a couple of people. So I don't know what kind of enemy that we saw that the Interceptor killing, but it wasn't something that we've seen before. It almost looked more humanoid, but I don't know what that was. So there's a lot of cool things. There's been a lot of talk on the internet about them not showing enough during this little trailer were you guys expecting them to show a ton of information or do you guys think this was just the right amount of information for where we're at right now being what 173 days away from the release do you think they show too much or do you think they show too little Devin? uh no, i think it was fine i think uh they showed a good amount of uh gameplay obviously like i said some of it was old some of it's new um, they gave you just a little tease. I mean, they're not going to give it all, give it all the way, because I mean, then there's no point, right? Um, but they gave us a ton of other information on their website, and there's just a lot of stuff. And I understand people want to see it, but at the same time, you know, they're they're obviously still working on it, you know, on a daily basis, uh, trying to finalize and set in stone. Okay, this is what it's going to be when it ships, and uh, what it's going to look like. So. I understand their hesitancy to not overshare, you know, but um, they gave us information. So that's, that's the thing I cared about. Uh, we know the game looks good. Um, 
we all want to see, you know, what, give us some more information about the Storm, the Interceptor, and how they play and different things. Um, and a lot, I think a lot of that's just going to be hard to do until you actually get your hands on it and play the demo. So, Yeah, I think they get into the position, like CD Projekt Red, they weren't going to show the Cyberpunk um, 2077 trailer at all, but they felt so much pressure um, from fans that, you know, if the press got to see it, why can't we see it? And CD Projekt Red is always, they're all about, you know, their fans and their people, and they'll do anything for, for their fans, so they released it. And what happened last time they did that with The Witcher 3 is there was, you know, everyone calls it the the downgrade from what they saw at, you know, I think it, Witcher 3 was like at multiple E3s for like three years in a row. And when the game yeah. finally released and it didn't look exactly like those E3 trailers, you know, there was a huge out um, outcry of, you know, why did you downgrade my game? So there definitely is that aspect that, you know, how much do we show you if it's not 100% set in stone? Mike, is there... I did, go ahead. I did think they did really good, though, with that trailer where they're like, look, right up front, this is not representative of, I mean, everything you see here could change. You know, they said that uh, big old, t- you know, type that font model. up there, and uh, then it had it was displayed all across the top of the CD Projekt Red, uh, you know, 45 or 47 minutes, whatever it was. It always says this is not representative of final whatever, you know, it's pre-alpha or whatever. So, um, and they did make fun of that, you know, at, at the uh, panel. Mike made fun of that because people are freaking out about a puddle and, and stuff and from Spider-Man. <laughs> so, right. I mean, they're, they're just dumb if they think everything's going to be the same, you know, and they're like, oh, it's totally downgraded and it's whatever. I mean, but we've, we've seen ample, um, you know, evidence that that's something that's going to happen no matter what happens. So, Mike, what yeah. is, Mike, do you feel like they show too much or is there something that you're like, man, I really wish that they would have shown this right now. I need to know about this specific thing before I purchase this, ge- purchase the game. Is so, there anything like that for you? So for me, so for me, I think, I think the reason, let's see, how do I want to say this? I, I still, after everything that I've seen, I still want to buy the game. If that makes any sense, like like I've seen enough to where yeah I'm gonna buy this game. I haven't seen so much of it where I'm like, oh I understand everything that's happening in this story and in this game. Therefore I don't need to buy it. You know, so it's it's like it's like uh, your kids when they getting close to Christmas and you just tease them just enough, you know, to get them excited and and you know get them excited for all that kind of stuff and like you don't want to give everything away. I mean, we've said that before. It's balance. It's making sure that the things that we see are, might not make it and the things that we see um, might not be ready and that's fine, but I still want to buy the game with everything that we've seen and, I, and I'm and i okay with that. Um, I think the trailers are exactly what they are. They're, they're perfect teasers. They're getting us excited for it and, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with it ultimately. So for you three... That was a really long time to say yes. <laughs> okay, very good. So kind of went on a weird direction there. You talked about Christmas, all that. It's fine. It's perfect. I did talk about Christmas. It's pretty late over here too. So Chris, you know. Christmas is coming up soon. So um, one thing I want to ask while you guys were talking about this, usually, you know, there's a subsection of gamers that, you know, they're all about story. Story's like the main focus for a game. Um, then there's players that gameplay is the main um, focus of the game. They want progression they want that loot grind they want to go that route um for you three for you three is there what side of the fence do you land on is gameplay king or is story king for me story is not king but it's but it's important um i'll i'll reference some of the games that we played and say that yes the first thing when you get in there you want to play story first and you want to figure out what's going on um, but then ultimately when you're done with story, it's all the end game content. Um, they call it elder game in Anthem. And so, um, it's, it's half of one six doesn't have the other. The story is important until the story is over. And then you start doing the intermittent content until you get the DLC. And then you do that story to develop the world. Then you go and, and level up your character. So it's hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other. You can't just play story and you can't just, um, grind. So you got to have both. Okay, JD, where do you land on that fence? I mean, hopefully you don't land on the Bioware fence. Is one of, well, uh, considering that Bioware is one of my favorite developers, uh, if not, not my absolute favorite developer, um, I would say the story is pretty important to me. For me, like if it's not an interesting setting, it's really hard for me to kind of like 
get into uh, get into a game as a whole. Like I played the first Titanfall, and that didn't really have much of a story. But even though Titanfall Two is you know just a short campaign in multiplayer, like just expanding upon it in the campaign made me really like Titanfall Two a lot more. And honestly, I think the focus on story is just really good for. Um, I know immersion is a factor in games that is constantly up in the air because, like, oh, well, like, how can you feel drawn in? Like, you're doing a bunch of unrealistic things because ultimately it's just a game or whatever. And, but for me, like, a good story is part of the immersion factor. It makes me feel part of the, a part of the world. You know, it's kind of like uh, the difference between a, a good action movie and a well written action movie where it's like, yeah, the action might be really cool and enjoyable. And, you know, you feel like you spent, you know, like, 12 15 bucks like you feel like that was worth it as opposed to like an action movie where you're like okay like the action was really cool and it made sense like i i feel much much better about that it was much more enjoyable as a whole very cool devin do you have a where do you land on this i'm, I'm guessing you're more gameplay than anything <clears throat> Yeah, so, I mean, story's good, and, uh, you know, I mean, story's not going to last for forever, though. Um, so, for me, it's all about what's going to bring me back every day, what's going to keep me wanting to progress further in the game, and that's what's going to bring me back every day. So, um, I love the story, and it's great up front, and hopefully they can deliver, like they said, you know, at the panel where it's easier for them to add more story and not have it to be, like, a big update or anything. Because um, that's always great, little bits of story. But, I mean, as we've seen in the past, DLC and that kind of stuff, you can burn through that really quick. And uh, especially for people who take time off work to play the games. But, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know um, any of those guys. It's 100% me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's all about leveling and doing those things and, and uh, getting to the Elder game and progressing your character or javelins and those kind of things. So I'm interested to find out more about that. And I'm, I'm fine if they don't give us all the details because I also, you know, like to find out things, you know, have things be a surprise. So, yeah. yeah, I think this, I think the amount of information that we got about the story was perfect. If they could have done anything else, um, that anything that I want them to keep a secret is all the story aspects. That's the kind of thing I want to go in blind. I want to learn about. If I know about how the systems work, if I know about, you know, how guns work or supers, that's the kind of stuff that, sure, I want to know about that. That's interesting to me. I don't mind that being spoiled. But, you know, giving us little hints to the story and telling us that, hey, you know, this story can be improved upon and it can be iterated on, you know, through different contracts. It can it can quickly happen after you beat the game. They can add in more information about this specific character. It's like, yeah, don't tell me any of that stuff. But, you know, it's great that we know that they're going to be able to quickly iterate and give us more content. So I'm super excited about all that stuff. I usually tend to go gameplay first, but I'm excited for both here. So one of the things that we did learn about um, story-wise that was pretty interesting, we're gonna, they talked a lot about our crew, about our pit crew, and about our agents. So one of the in interesting things that we heard about, about Owen and Faye, there are ciphers, but they both apparently have telepathic and telecommunicative telecommunicative um, powers, which I did not expect um, our Star Wars sci-fi to go that route to where people actually have like, I mean, they, they have force powers, essentially. Yeah, they, yeah I totally expected um, radios or a headset in your javelin. Like, uh, I mean, for me, I figured I didn't think radios or those kind of things work because based upon the like how they described it like they could see your character and see where you're at and i'm like they don't have the technology for that so there had to be some kind of explanation and so to, to really me, like like you can build this big old mech suit and go tromping around and flying through well, the woods and then like i don't have a video camera and like or we, like we a two-way radio in a previous podcast like the yeah. big distinction here is that their technology they don't have microchips yeah. like and just that detail is a can have some sweeping effects on technology. Like, yeah, you might use like microchips, like in a like a, a dashboard or something like that, or to make control simpler. Um, but the whole thing is that you don't need a microchip to make construction equipment, which is what the Colossus kind of looks like. You know, like javelins are things that could be made, you know, yeah. with complex pulleys, gears, and it's handcrafted too. So 
like robotics, everything like that, like independently operated things, that's all out the window because of no microchips. Radios, I believe, also use some form of microchips. Televisions use microchips, I believe. Antennas, receivers, all that. But It had to be something else, but we but, just didn't think it was this. Right, but beyond that, I mean, did you expect, oh, they can just talk to each other mind to mind? I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect being able to move stuff with your mind. I didn't expect going that... Because it's not, I mean, that fictional in sci-fi to where it's like, oh, they're just talking to each other through their mind powers. And I'm guessing this is how we, why we see in third person. I'm guessing our cipher is actually watching us in third person using their um, amplifier chair in the Strider. So that's why we go from first person in the fort because we don't need them to be watching our back in the fort. So we're in first person. But when we're out there, they're just kind of hovering over us. And that's, they're calling out enemies. They're calling out interesting, like pieces of information or location while we're out there so that's they're just watching us so it's like they're hacked into a matrix chair and they're watching over our shoulder while we're out there in in the wilds yeah mark there did say there was a lower reason for a third person so i'm guessing that's 100 percent what it is so yeah mike you had you were saying something um sorry i don't remember i was listening to you guys i, I my theory got shut down so i was like kind of tail between my legs kind of running around did you have two all tails? because of the microchip did you have whatever two, did you have two tails between your legs i must uh, have all right so we also know that but whatever so we also know that uh faye went to she apparently went to school for this thing that she can do i don't know if there's like a cypher school so faye will be like the mike of our podcast since uh mike's has a master's degree um mike's our fay and um i'll be the owen because i went to a community college so apparently i don't know if this is like, like and De- a- devin read a book on ciphering well he re- he read the back cover yeah i'm the pilot right i'm the one who goes out and does stuff okay so, so i don't know if they're like you guys sit in your chair be all safe I don't know if Owen is like part of a mentoring program where he has to mentoring follow, program. Yeah, where he has Big to, Brother program. Yeah. Ciphers without borders. Around. Ciphers without borders. So there's so there's a lot of interesting information that came out online um, that we'll get into later in a later podcast when we have more time to talk about them, where they had some information about the characters. But one thing I do want to do is we got um, introduced to a bunch of new characters. Um, we also did get a some new information on Halleck. I don't know if anyone knows, but uh, Nick um, Turnbay, um, he plays Halleck. Um, he'll... Oh, that wasn't mentioned on the show. Oh, yeah. That, that was kind of weird. Mentioned. So Terabay. Nick Turnabay. Um, that's part of the joke, JD. <laughs> if you didn't catch uh, part oh, of the joke yeah, there. Oh, that's right, because he mispronounced somebody else. Oh, but you, you can... We explained oh, the joke, man. so it's not funny. Okay, so we got uh, information about agents now. Agents are um, how we're going to get missions in the game. Um, they're also called contracts. We're going to get them from a couple of different groups. So we know there's the Corvus group. It's kind of like the CIA organization. Um, I, I think they said Layton was tied to this um, organization. I'm not 100% sure yeah, if he that's was true or not. Ex- he so he's, used to be there, he's, but he's not anymore. Okay. Um, so then we have Yaro, who is the, there are a lot of bald people in this game, which is kind of weird. I wonder if it's because John Warner's bald. So he's like, I'm going to make all the important people bald in this game. <laughs> I'm just kidding, John. Um, so Yaro is an old freelancer. He's trying to restore the good name of the freelancers. Um, one of the things that comes up when we are introduced to Yaro, he's given out a mission for our freelancers to go and check out the foundation of Fort Tarsus. Apparently when they <laughs> built funny one. Yeah, apparently when they built the fort the first time, um, it was on a bad foundation, so it sank into the swamp. And then we built another one on top of that one, and then that one sank into the swamp. And then they built the third one, and then that one sank into the swamp also. No, it didn't. So... <laughs> like, where'd you get that crap from? <laughs> get out of my swamp! There you go, JD. JD got that one. Yeah. So yeah. you go actually have to go on a mission um, to go check the foundation and make sure the foundation isn't crumbling anymore. So that's that's a pretty interesting little tidbit of information that we got from Yaro. And apparently we're going to be able to create relationships with these people. So we have Yaro, who's an old freelancer. Then we have Bryn, who is part of the Sentinels. Um, they said she was like a mid-level lieutenant in that organization. And apparently the Sentinels do not like the freelancers at all. 
they think the freelancers yeah the freelancers are just below them they used to be something and they're nothing now so um they did mention that it's pretty surprising that you know Bryn is even talking to us as a freelancer so i'm guessing there's a huge history there of maybe we stole the sentinels lunch one day or you know you put a cherry bomb in the toilet and blew up their toilets who knows what happened there i'm sure we'll have a lot of more information as we go on contracts for them which might be pretty interesting and then we have Layton, who is a Dominion defector. And JD, um, I know you read about Layton more than I have. Do you have information on Layton on what his story actually is? Um, so far, there's not much more about him aside from the fact that, like, he used to be part of the Dominion and uh, came to Fort Tarsus. Um, so, I mean, it's just that, and I. Th- I mean, if he's from the Dominion, maybe that's part of why the freelancers have access to the storms, which also came from the Dominion, apparently, as per the information on the EA site, which a lot of cool stuff uh, to talk about there, but not sure if we want to do that now. Oh, we definitely can. So the storm was made by the Dominion, and then it was modified by Arcanists in order for the freelancers to use them, which is kind of an interesting piece of information. I don't know, like, why you would have to be modified to use a storm unless it has something to do with the energy that it uses because we've seen that it doesn't have thrusters. It's using maybe more a different type of power from the Anthem of Creation. Maybe it's something to where you have to be telepathic in order to use it. So you have to be like Faye and Owen. So there's some sort of change that has to take place there. I don't mind if you read anything or have any inkling of why you would, you know, why would you have to be changed or modified in order to pilot a storm? Uh, maybe because of its of its um, elemental abilities. And didn't we also hear that it that it's um oh shoot the uh, the uh, evade mechanic for them was like a blink? Or am I confusing? Yes, no, teleportation. Right. Teleportation. So so maybe so maybe that's why you have to you have to go to that school. So maybe. You know, you community college graduates need to stay away from the storm. I don't know. That was yeah. <laughs> that was the joke they used in the in the panel. So, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's a lot of learning, and maybe that's why we get the storm later on in our uh, gameplay career. We have to learn something, some ability, some some type of attribute we have to gain in order to use the storm. Yeah, because when you start thinking of like. You know, this is sci-fi fantasy, like bringing teleportation in. I guess it's not that far off from being telekinetic or telepathic. But you start like blinking in and out of existence, however that happens. And I'm guessing there's, you know, I'm sure that would be pretty disorienting. And it'd make you throw up in your javelin. So maybe they just like, you know, we got to fix your equilibrium because you're going to be peeing and there's, all over your And head. there's no microchips in there to like let you know when you're about to throw up. So <laughs> that stuff eating. just goes all up in your face. That is pretty good. Uh, I, I have no a question for you. No microchips. You can't ask a question. Is it about microchips? No. no so okay. I'm looking at this picture with Yaro, right? When he's going over those uh, missions there. And he's talking to you about the very first one, about checking the foundation. And the text reads, uh, check to see if Fort Tarsus has strong foundation. Don't want it to fall into hole like last time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm like, I think Yarrow might not have even gone to community college. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He might have gone to the School of Hard Knocks, though. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, I'm like, ah, maybe they're missing words there. So... <laughs> So, no, uh, I hope I hope it's like that because then the game is, doesn't take itself too seriously, you know. So because I hope there's I, good I, stuff I, like that. I took this to kind of mean that the Dominion. It's not so much that like freelancers had to do stuff that was different, just that the suit was being modified so that it could be used by like freelancers who are like more closer to like normal humans because. Apparently, there's some kind of quality that makes them able to pilot javelins, and freelancers are the only people who can pilot javelins, um, aside from other people that are also in the Lancer faction, like Sentinels and such. However, it, it more just struck me as like the Dominion being so much different from like everybody else, or from the freelancers. Like maybe there's something physiologically different with them. I mean, they are trying to weaponize the Anthem of Creation and stuff, so who's to say that they're above? Uh, I mean, they did say they're a human faction, so um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, they could they, they could just be like modified humans. I mean, it, I I don't know. 
don't know. I mean, they did say that the uh, the Scar were cockroach people, which is pretty cool, like insect human mimics that were mm-hmm. born from chaos. So that's another cool thing. But yeah, with the uh, anthem of questions with the anthem of creation around, I guess there could be tons of different mutations that could happen. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then the last person that we learned about um, that will be someone that we get contracts from was Matthias. And he is part of the Arcanist faction. So the Arcanists are going out looking for a bunch of information. Um, so there's a place called Bastion. And I think that's the Arcanist. That's like their main hometown that makes it made it sound like that. That's where they first started. There's a bunch of different orders of arcanists, so I'm guessing there's arcanists that'll study certain things, maybe certain aspects of the anthem, maybe certain aspects of the planet that they're on, maybe certain aspects of the shapers. So there's a bunch of different arcanists, and I'm guessing that's gonna play into their their storyline. So those are the people that get, we go ahead. I got the blurb on them here from uh, Yaro on this third stream. There, do you want hit, to read that? Hit us up with the blurb. Yeah, it says the oldest, so it says Arcanist, the oldest faction in Bastion. Arcanists can be found at every level of society, from giving basic instruction to researching shaper relics in the wild. There are various Arcanist academies, depending on the field of study, though all Arcanists see the gathering and preserving information as their spiritual and moral duty. Um, Mike Gamble also said they get lost a lot out in the wild. So (laughs) So we're going to have to go find them. We're going to have to go save them a bunch. So, gotta go save them. So That's Praxley's group. Slackers. They yeah. weren't freelancers. You, know, you gotta help me out. And I guess I totally forgot about Praxley. I mean, Praxley's gonna be someone that we're gonna be getting um, contracts from. I wonder who Praxley is yeah. from. If he's either represents just another group inside the fort, maybe just someone that needs help and he's not tied to Corvus. Maybe he's a vendor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He could, Or he could be Corvus. I mean, if he's like constantly looking for other ways to do it. I well, mean, they did say Corvus work in mysterious ways. Corvus is like CIA, though. You you think a certain level of like quality CIA, when you get Corvus? And Praxley didn't seem like he was... Yeah, Praxley's like, I don't know. I they mean, were the cheapest. I went with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, disposable assets, right? I don't know if that's yeah or not. I'm not saying he's good as job. <laughs> I think he's just a cheap subcontractor. That's what uh, Praxley is. He's not very good I at did, his job. I did also find it interesting. So they said, like, sometimes the ciphers will be there with you, but other times the, the agents will be there with you on the missions that they send you on. Because uh, they were talking about when um, Bryn was there, the guy, the designer whose wife was in the audience was – basically you know just fangirling over Bryn Victor <laughs> yeah, he's like oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> she's like you get the couch for the rest of the year yeah um but yeah oh. he's like yeah she when you're out on a mission she gets real saucy with you or whatever and it's like no oh, that's interesting that they go with you or something I mean I guess because she's a sentinel she can go out there you know because she's got her own javelin so that'll be interesting Probably definitely has access to you know a lot of resources that that the Sentinels have. So, it's didn't al- they also mention that different faction me- uh, missions have like different tones? Like they said that, yeah, like um, yeah, like Corvus might have something a little bit more like espionage, and then like uh, whereas Arcanist might have like a more academic feel. But I thought that was definitely interesting because it does seem like there's going to be different types of storytelling in here, like different genres at play. Yeah. And I would definitely it's also ho- the underbelly of the city, right? Yeah, and I would definitely hope that you know, based on who you're going to do a job for, those jobs would change. It wouldn't just be, you know, if you're doing this for Yarrow or if you're doing this for Bryn, you still got to go shoot five grabbits and collect their pelts and return them. You know, they they should feel different. It should feel like you're doing a different job for a different faction that needs something different instead of the same missions over and over again. Go open. <laughs> You know, this door three times and then come back and come back to me. Go you mean factions have to be, you know, should be different and it's not just look different? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm kind of saying that. Oh, shots fired. So, I, and I did like... For those uh, of you keeping track at home, that is Anthem 12. Let's Destiny not two. say that. Come on now. <laughs> Destiny's a fine, fine game. People that like Destiny, you play your game. We're not going to stop you from having fun. You go play your game. So, play your game? Yeah. So one thing that we just want something better. Well, you guys are gonna keep you know stabbing. Anyway, I'm gonna move on. (laughs) So Mark also said that 
you know, you were not, if you complete a certain storyline with a different faction, you are not going to be locked out of completing a different storyline. So there's not going to be anything that you choose. You're like, man, if I choose this mission with Bryn, I'm not going to be able to do this mission with Layton. So you don't have to worry about that. You can play the game. You can complete the missions as you want, and you'll be 100% fine to continue on with the story. You're not going to be, you're not going to miss out which I like. I don't know if it's going to maybe Tarsus will change differently depending on what you choose and which order, but you won't you won't miss out on a piece of content because of a choice that you made earlier. So, I think that's really fantastic. All right, anything it else? It might just be a different pathway though, right? Correct. It could be a different path. Cuz isn't that what they were hinting to? And they did say that Tarsus was going to change depending on our choices. So, it might it might take that different feel. Um, which will be cool. It'll be cool to see the different cuz that's the my story part, so Right, and I they definitely did say that the dialogue on certain missions would also be different depending on choices you make. Like, if you might have an like, you make a character angry or they have a bad disposition towards you, their dialogue in a mission towards you might be a little bit more hostile, which is also interesting. Yeah, and what did you guys think about the um, the binary choices, left trigger, right trigger? You know, do you guys think that's good enough for the game that we want? Did you want a little bit more depth? If if you wanted to answer yes, you could do it happily or you could answer like Devin usually does and just like mumble under your breath where you can't be understood so is that something that you guys are okay with just binary options as as long as my character is able to have a voice and speak then I think I'm good because I played this game one time where a lot of things just happened to my character instead of me like directly influencing it Super Mario Mario Brothers was tough like that man he never said a word nope just it's me. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no, so for me, it was perfectly fine. They told us for a long time it's binary choice, and people were like, oh, there's only two choices. It's like, what do you think binary means? It's one or the other. <laughs> I mean, oh, is that what that means? Yeah. You mean <laughs> zero or one? One or the was, other? Come on, people. I was going to go somewhere, but I'm not. Thank you for not going anywhere. <laughs> so I was going to incite public. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I, I said it before we actually started recording, but I mean, it's not going to make that big of a difference. I mean, the only big thing that's missing here from the dialogue choices is the ability to inquire uh, about more detail on a particular subject. Because usually, like in Mass Effect Dragon Age, like there's three choices on a wheel, and one of them's positive, neutral, or uh, negative, you know, like a nice response, a, a neutral but maybe witty response, and then like a mean response or a more like logic focused response. And then on the other side of the wheel are like the other options where it's all like investigate, and you hit that, and a bunch of other options come up, like things like five options. And those are all just like asking for additional detail about things, which you don't really need all that. Um, but the whole thing is that it was a really good way to learn about the world and the lore and like other characters, like. Like, hey, we need you to go on this mission to rescue our people. And it's like, okay, investigate. What were what were your people doing? What is this mission trying to accomplish? Why did they not come back in the first place? Any in, Anything else you can tell me about that before I go in there to a dark cave and, you know, just be like me and two other guys and against a bunch of monsters? I mean, that's maybe. not to say that they can't go there, right? Like, the maybe you say... Yeah, you go do this mission, and then they just tell you information about it instead of you having to go through. That was yeah. one of the things that was like when I was playing it through Andromeda, and I was just going through. And I'm like, man, there's so much crap. I have to click on here because it's a gives me an exclamation point that I have to do something. And I'm like, all right, let me click this, and that's keep clicking through all this crap that I don't care about right now for it to go away. So I don't know. I, I think for me, I guess there's you know the Bioware baggage people. And uh, no. <laughs> those of us who coming in with a clean slate. <laughs> so there's, there's, I, I really like how it looked. I mean, I'm glad I can just yeah. be like, you know, answer the question easily. I don't have to think of, you know, where are my paragon points? Is that what they called? Renegade paragon? Is that what it was called, JD? I don't know. It doesn't matter. So I had, that's, that's what it was. You had your, like your cat points, and then you had your dog points, and you had to worry about where your cat points were at, and where your dog points were at. Here it's just, you know, this is how I want to act. This is going to be the response I get. I'm going to go on the mission. I'm going to do it that way. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, again, like Devin said, I don't have the baggage, though. So I'm excited to see what this is like. I'm glad I'm not going to be having to answer emails, though, like you did in Andromeda. You got so many emails in that game. Man, I was like, (laughs) I I can't even keep my own work email box clean. And I have to do it in Mass Effect. Not going to happen. 
just delete all those <laughs> messages from everyone. All right, anything else you guys wanted to cover? I mean, this is, do you guys have like a faction? You're like, I'm definitely going to do all these missions first. I'm definitely not going to touch Bryn's missions. Um, you know, do you guys have a, a preference from what, we, what we've seen so far? No, I don't. I'll probably go in like proximity of where they are in relationship to each other in Fort Tarsus. <laughs> like the first one I'll get to. Whatever's I'll cool. do that mission. Exactly. You'll yeah. do well, and if you know, and maybe maybe it'll be in um, maybe it'll be story driven. So you do a Bryn mission, you do um, um, an al- alchemy alchemist mission, Ar- and then you do arcanist, a few arcanist. arcanist, arcanist. So I mean, we'll see. And because it doesn't seem like the factions really mean, you know, like they do in some other games where where it gives you rep or it gives you. So we'll just play them all. It'll be fun. Nah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna guess you're gonna get some amount of reputation, but I'm gonna go Arcanist because that's sounds like that's where you're gonna get most of your lore from, and that's the part I'm really pretty interested in. So I will definitely start there and do as much as I can there. JD, do you have a I'm preference? Definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to Corvus because I like. I want. I want to see like what kind of missions that's gonna be like because they're supposed to be like CIA mission, but you're. You know, going around this big old hulking like metal suit. Like, I I wonder how uh, <laughs> how well they do uh, uh, recon and intelligence gathering. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you can't be too quiet if you're the rolling around in a colossus. Are big. So. Yeah. Just everybody stay back here. Clunk, clunk. And I, and I guess clunk. one thing that we haven't seen yet either. I'm gonna guess that the vendors are gonna have opportunities to give out missions. I mean, that's like a great place that most rpgs have vendors that will give you a mission to go out and collect stuff for them so that they can sell you stuff so you know potentially there's going to be a lot more people that we can receive quests from i mean like we said before praxley was one of them um there's weapon vendors there's people that you know give out blueprints for weapons and for armor so it'll be interesting to see all that before we move on Devin, is there anything else that you that you saw on your notes that you wanted to touch on before we yeah continued so I noticed in there, like uh, when they talked about, uh, like he was all the the spice market type place, or is the seedy underbelly, right, or whatever. Um, so I noticed in there, you can see your ranger that it was, or maybe it's not your ranger, but I'm guessing it was, uh, because the one they showed it off, you know, it's in Fort Tarsus, right, where you can get in there. Um, you can also get in your Strider, you can get into your stuff there. And so I was wondering, maybe that place, you know, wherever that spice market is with the different looking rangers, uh, maybe that's a place you can go to and load into instead of just Fort Tarsus and the Strider. Because your javelin was there, like loaded up on the wall area for you to get into and leave, um, just like it was in the Strider and also in Fort Tarsus. What do you guys think? Yeah, like it could be just like a different cave, an outpost that maybe isn't regulated by the Sentinels. So they're kind of yeah. uh, hidden out somewhere out in the out in the wild, so that they can be left alone. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. It, I bet it's I bet it's part of Fort, sorry, Steve. I bet it's part of Fort Tarsus. Yeah, I think maybe it's just a different section of Fort Tarsus. It, it, yeah, it could be like old Fort Tarsus that fell in the hole, and that's Small. where yeah, and that's where the seedy underbelly is is in the first one. That kind of oh, sorry, we're gonna have to start over. So that's also a possibility that it's down there, and that's part of those ruins. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that we also know of a couple more places. They said the Dominion is kind of up north, and we know that the Legion of Dawn, um, the Fortress of Dawn is also up north. Maybe that's where they're at. And there is another place called Bastion. So, I mean, potentially there's a lot of other places that we can go that aren't just Fort Tarsus. They did also have another named enemy in the video. I don't know if you guys saw that. And that I was... Guess I missed- in the trailer? Yes. Uh, it's, it's You can't see the last letter, but it's R-I-S. It's either an A or an O, and the last word is Varn, V-A-R-N. So, uh, and where, but they are, it's like a legendary or elite. Uh, it has the skull with the one thing coming off of it, so. And what, uh, when was this? Was Who was fighting this thing? I did not see this. Uh, you can see it's a Colossus that's fighting him. Uh, I, I put the pictures up on the drive. It's um, picture 3553. Well, we have Since to... I broke down the entire trailer into... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
into individual frames. It took me over an hour to scroll through every single frame to find stuff I wanted. Speaking of every single frames, the particle effects in this game are like, there are so many particle effects everywhere. Anytime you shoot something, there's either lightning or fire. There's even a mix. When I think there's a grenade that's thrown that looks like it's a mixture of lightning and fire. I mean, there's... Tons yeah. of stuff. I don't know if so. I was wondering about that with lightning one also. I think the storm hit it at the same time as that. That's what I was thinking. I'd have to go back and look at it. But. And if you guys did notice, there were no damage numbers or combo indicators on the screen. So they, they, they took that out for people so they don't freak out. Yeah. Don't freak out. Cool. Well, guys, if there's if there's nothing else, unless there's something specific that you want to talk about, I think we will kind of end it here. I think we'll do some deep dives into characters, um, deep dives into the trailer itself. There's tons of stuff in there. Um, the storm opening treasure chest. I mean, these were these weren't just like tre- it was an actual treasure chest that they opened up. Oh, and first before we do that, Devin has reminded me because he didn't remind me at the beginning of the show that we have a Colossus pin giveaway that we are going to do right now, and Devin is going to choose the winner from our Discord. We had a little giveaway. We wanted people to tell us what their call signs were going to be. So Devin is now going to pick a winner um, from our Discord. The winner is Native VT. Native VT. Yahoo! We will let them yeah! know. And uh, congratulations. Next week, I said we got two more pins to give away, but uh, so many chances. The next week, we are giving away. The Go, ranger pin. Going back to the ranger. All right, so we're going to give the ranger pin away, and we're going to do that how this time? Uh, we're going to go back to Twitter. Just uh, I just rotate through this stuff, you know? So. Yeah, next um, Yeah. So we will put a Twitter post up that people have to like, follow the, the Twitter, and we will do another ranger pin giveaway. And maybe by – no, probably not. We, won't, we probably won't hear anything till when. When's the next time we would hear something? Um, I don't think they're going to Tokyo Game Show. Um, we have a couple people that asked, yeah. and it doesn't sound like Bioware knows if they're going to do that or not. But right now, we're about six, maybe five and a half months away before the game releases. We do know that the demo is going to, the first demo at least, is going to be February 1st. Um, if like you a full-fledged have, demo, you know, like that's what they wanted to specify. Like, this is not a beta or a technical test, it's a demo. Yeah, this is not something that is going to be early where they're going to be asking for bug reports. This is going to be straight up a portion of the game. They did not say that it's the first port, the first part of the game. They said it was a different part, so you're not going to get spoiled on the first part. But this is a demo that's going to happen the first. You get access to the demo if you have pre-ordered any version. You don't have to have signed up for EA Access, um, EA Premier, Ultra Mega, Ultra, or whatever it's called. You just have Origin to have, access premiere. Yeah, you yeah. just have to have signed up. Um, just have to have pre-ordered, and you get access to that beta. So, and that happens February first. So take all the time off you want. I believe that's a Friday. Um, check your calendars. <laughs> so, um, and other than that, guys, I think this is it for episode fifty-two of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Um, glad you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Get us over to 100. Once we get to 100, we get a better URL, and it doesn't have to be so confusing. So it'll just be youtube.com slash freelancer codex. Maybe it'll be in the in the future, freelancer.com slash freelancer cortex. But we probably won't do that. We'll probably just leave it as the codex because that's how we roll. So until next so time, guys. There's a lot of information out there, man. A lot of information. There's a ton of information. Anyone that says there's not a lot, I don't think they're paying attention. Um, one thing that, that we didn't do here, and we might discuss it later, is the Q&A that happened. And I think this kind of, we've been talking so much about like the communication of the game, how people are receiving the information. There's still a lot of people asking about things like microtransactions. And we've known that, we've known that they weren't going to do microtransactions for like months now. This is one of the first things that they announced after the whole, you know, Battlefront 2 debacle that there were not going to be, you cannot pay for power in Anthem. You're going to be able to buy cosmetics. But you're going to know what you're going to get. It's not going to be a loot box situation. And this is something that has been known. So, again, I think it's, you know, maybe now that as we're getting closer and, you know, the Game Informers, the IGNs, Kotaku's are going to pick up the panel and start, you know, writing articles for the panel. So that information is going to be more, yeah, sanctioned podcasts (laughs) are going to be more 
um, communicative about the game and it's going to be more readily available. I mean, this is the time where things are going to start to ramp up. So hopefully that kind of stuff happens. I know Mark has been, man, that dude answers so many questions on Twitter every day. And it's the same questions he answers all the time. It's like, you know, you know, this is when the game comes out. This is where you can play it at. You know, there's no cross, um, cross play. There's no cross saves yet. Cross saves is something that they, hopefully they're still working on. Um, there is no yeah. PVP. One thing they did say that there's going to be no PVP at launch was just kind of worrying. Hopefully they just like, no, PVP doesn't work at all. But, you know, that's my personal preference. No, so they so they stopped. So Mark actually stopped saying not at launch. And he, the last t- couple times he answered that question, said there's no current plans for PVP. Oh, good. So, well, that's good. And I, I was having that discussion the other day about that, but it doesn't matter. So. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mike Gamble was on the panel. Uh, we had mike on the show previously he had wonderful things to say about our podcast uh, like like mike what do you think about our show we really 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 appreciate it and we we really love you guys it's awesome in a totally platonic way remember oh thanks mike. So, <laughs> totally platonic way mike oh you're so totally nice platonic. like really all right so guys nice. i appreciate you hanging out Shame with me yeah, just couldn't be there. yeah but <laughs> appreciate you guys hanging out with me thanks for putting up with all this weird um software hardware issues you know, coming at you remote from California. So until next time, next time. See, I can't even talk. It's like a California thing. Um, until next time, guys. This is Shaper Storm coming. We will see you on the other side. Peace. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Definitely not. You can find us California. on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or you can't through see email at freelancercodex at gmail <laughs> Join oh, the Discord to what I'm doing. at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. For what's your name, darling? Savannah. Samantha, go for it. Um... <laughs> <laughs>